our anchor. <laughs> That's our anchor, the Word. Uh, so, that uh, I just uh, had number two there. This is great. I usually don't have an outline, but it's fine proof that God's will is to prosper. Well, there's many, many more places in there. Many more. But then you need to get that word in your mouth. Start saying those things. Uh, how many people have been around me for a long time and I just say, I'm like a tree. I'm like an oak tree. I'm, plant I'm planted by the streams of living water, the Holy Spirit. I'm planted with Him. Well, what that is? It's my confession. You know what? I'm starting to believe it. <laughs> no, I do believe it. I do believe it. Because it's something about when you start doing that, doing that, doing that, you know, honestly, people start seeing you differently. Because your continents change. You, you, just look like you're, you just look like you're going somewhere. I mean, I'm not saying I do, but I'm just saying that's what happens when you start uh, really gathering up these scriptures. So what kind of words do you want in your mouth? Well, how about going around and saying, look, I found out last night it's God's will for me to prosper. I found out he wants me healthy. Now, I didn't hear that on Christian radio the other day because they were singing this song that sounded like I'm going to lose everything. That used to be just country western songs where you lose everything. Now I hear it on the radio. Christians singing these songs. He, he'll, he'll give and he'll take away. Well, uh, he'll take away our sin, but I don't think that's what that singer was saying. He, you know, you've got to be, love God even though he's going to take away everything from you. How about that? How'd that build your faith just now? Huh? Was that really enlightening? Did that really spur you up and want you to go out and really do something? No, it doesn't. But the melody is so good that, that people love the song because the melody is so good and it flows so good. And, and you start listening to some of those popular songs right now and you'll say, oh my gosh, I, don't, I, I wish I didn't know those words. But I don't know how I got off there, but I, I'm, I'm off there because... Uh, there's just some truth about that. Now, Psalm 112, this is pretty good. Because I'm going to give you something you can say now. And you should. And some of you may be familiar with the 112th Psalm. It says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Now get this. You'll want this, you'll want this on your refrigerator or somewhere where you can look at this every day. Because it says here, his descendants will be mighty in the earth. That's God's will. Somebody say, well, how do we know God's will? Well, it's right there. His, his descendants and, uh, will be mighty in the earth. The generation, the upright, will be blessed. What? Uh, is that you and is that me? And then it says, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Now we're getting somewhere. And his righteousness endures forever. Those three verses right there, you should just get that so you're just talking about it all the time. How you doing? How you doing, Ted? Well, I'll tell you what, my, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed because I fear the Lord and my descendants will be mighty in the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. My generations will be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. I think about that every time I, something, not every time I get up, but a lot of time I'm sitting up there in my little prayer, little prayer closet, and there we go, that's a wake-up call. And uh, 
Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Now think about if you tell yourself that about 10,000 times right now. That's the kind of thing that will get in you and on you. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. How do I get there? Well, I fear the Lord. I love the Lord. The Lord is first place in my life. The Word of God is first place in my life. I delight in His Word, it says there, who delights greatly in His commandments. He's not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's talking about the Word of life going in you all the time. That's my delight. What do you think about during the day? What, what gets you really stirred up? You think about that. And his descendants will be mighty in the earth. Have anybody ever come up and said, how's your kids doing? How are they going to do? And, and the guy said, oh, boy, it's so tough anymore. They're in school. and I don't know what they're doing down there at school. You know, blah, 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 blah. No, my, my, my descendants will be mighty in this earth. I plan on it. I plan on it. My descendants will be mighty in the earth. Why not expect that? Wealth and riches shall be in my house, and his righteousness endures forever. Under the upright there rises light in the darkness. He's gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. Uh, so there's a lot of things here, but I want you to get that in you right now. We're talking about money, paying our bills, and we're talking about a long-term situation here. We're talking about long-term. We're down the road a ways because uh, as, we, I, as I finish those kind of things, I'm going to slip you over to 2 Corinthians and probably close with this for now. But it gets right down to believing God, expecting prosperity, and learning how to, to work with God's plan. In Genesis, it said there it would be seed time and harvest, now and forever. Amen. We're living in seed time. Seed time and harvest. It's the law of the land. It's the law of the universe. It's not something somebody made up to, uh, to receive an offering at a meeting or anything else. It's something in Genesis. Uh, it was declared that it would be seed time and harvest, summer and winter, so on and so forth, now and forever. It's seed time and harvest. How we end up with harvest is how? We have to plant some seed. And so people renege, you know, and sometimes uh, uh, even in ministry, uh, some people say, well, you talk about money, they'll think th that you want theirs. Well, no, that's not my case. What I want is people to prosper and be in health, even if their soul prospers. And I realize I've sat on this prosperity a long time. And I guess I got a wake-up call recently. I said, you know what? People need to hear this. They need to be encouraged about the money. But there's a way that it works and a way it doesn't work. Now, if we can go to chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians. And this is, this is probably the greatest one of all of them. There's several. But um, in verse 5 in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, it says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time to prepare your bountiful gift beforehand that you had previously promised that it might be ready as a matter of generosity and not a grudging obligation. How many have stepped into a situation where people uh, wanted you to, they wanted you to give money and 
and, and at some point you just grudgingly gave it. Because you didn't believe in it, you didn't want to, but you gave it anyway. Well, that's not a good thing. It's not a good way to set the, pay, the place for you to prosper. Because if you didn't want to give it in the first place, there probably might not be a great big blessing on that. And maybe you didn't want to give it because uh, you didn't really, you thought you were manipulated. And you thought, you, you just felt obligated. It, it wasn't in your heart. So let's keep going here. Here's principles in giving. It's what my Bible says in verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who he sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And if you have an amplified Bible, it's very important because it makes a statement in there. If you've ever been manipulated out of money, this is a good statement because it says whose heart is in his giving. Okay, because I know a lot, of, a lot of people come out with a prosperity message and it's all about given this and you can get. Well, obviously we expect a return. That's where I'm teaching all these lines. But when they set the stage that you can have, you know, you, you give to my ministry and you're going to have riches forever. Well, you know, the thing is, where's your heart in the deal? Because here's what God wants. He wants a cheerful giver whose heart is in their giving. Now, there's great rewards for that. But at any rate, uh, it's a good balance right there because I'm talking some things we had to deal with a few years ago. Sandy and I have been givers ever since we got saved, even though we didn't always know what. It just, we just seemed like we needed to give. And, and later as we learned more and more, I mean, learned this stuff, the more and more we're, we're just excited to give. Because why? Because we found out if we give and plant something, we're gonna, something's going to grow and it's usually our bank account, more or less. That's what it's all about. But anyway, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So now let's just look at that. How many would like to have an abundance for every good work? Come on, how many would? Wherever you're sitting, say, yeah, I would. I would. I would. What's our biggest desire? Sandy, our biggest desire that, that, that we've got more and more money to fund more and more things. There's a lot of need out there. And we'd like to be, uh, we gift now, but you know, we're inspired to want that abundance. You know, there's something about that when you have that idea, you, you, you basically wind up uh, well, here I made a, a note there one day. I was praying about it. When God's able to make all grace abound towards you, it's like you're God's partner. And that you may also, having all sufficiency, all sufficiency in all things, all sufficiency. If you have any thought of lack, read this aloud to every day. And any time you give uh, uh, somewhere, just remember this scripture. He will have, you will have an abundance for every good work. Now, this may not happen the first time you give somebody a couple bucks, because I've seen people go down that thing too. Um, uh, you know, I know one person that, that heard this and went out and gave away his entire 
tool chest and it was expensive. He was a mechanic and he, he kind of heard this preaching somehow and thought if he gave that away, he'd get another one the next day. Well, he still doesn't have it and it's been 30 years ago. Uh, so you see, that was a mistake. Now, sometimes if God told you to plant that, that's different. If he said, give that away, if he definitely knew you're to give that to that person, then he's got a plan. He's got a plan to, to replace it, probably with something better. But see, just to give it because you're trying to see if this system works, that don't work. Amen? Or oh me. <laughs> so anyway, I'll keep going here a little bit. But anyway, it's all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. Just think about that. Now, I haven't even talked about tithes and offerings right now. I'm just talking about giving and setting the place here uh, for, for uh, you to think. And in verse 9, it says, It is written, He is dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now, in verse 10, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. You know, when we give something to somebody, uh, a lot of times we just pray not only uh, for increase on our giving, but we pray it'll increase to them because that's basically what this is saying. It's saying, right, we give you something, we pray that'll increase in your life. Because God's able to increase that. Now, I started out this message, and I'm about to close here for now. But I started out that, that how many of you are concerned about the fact that your buying power may have dropped 20, 30% in the last year? That's how I started. Well, I've come around to here to show you, first of all, it's God's will for you to prosper. I said, first of all, expect to prosper. And then I said, prove it's God's will. I hope with a few scriptures I threw out there, you've got no doubt. Uh, you found out that he's got a covenant to take care of that. And once you're a born-again believer, you step into that if you want to walk with him in it. You know, it's all there for you. And, and now we get around to uh, the idea that, that your giving can make such a difference in your harvest. There's a little scripture next door there uh, before I give it, uh, leave it, but it's in verse uh, chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians. And, and your Bible may say, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And if you read the Amplified Bible, it says abundantly supplied. Praise God, I'm abundantly supplied. Sandy and I are abundantly supplied for every good work and charitable donation. We have, we have ability to plant something in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, think about that. Go around saying, I'm abundantly supplied. Instead of saying, I'm so poor, I can't pay attention. I can't afford the down payment on a free meal. You know, we come up all those jokes, but here it says, I'm abundantly supplied. Why? Through Christ. Through his covenants. So, you know, I know this is Paul uh, preaching here and he's going through some things and he's, he's just really encouraging, exhorting people what giving should be. But we do know one thing, sowing into the proper seed is everything. And when I teach next time and we get into the tithing issue, uh, well, I'll just talk, uh, well, why not? I'm there right now and I didn't start my clock, so maybe I'm, maybe I'm, 
Uh, you know, it's just another one of those things that I don't know if I've been talking 10 minutes or 25 or I don't know. But go to Malachi. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this right now. But I had to deal with this because, you know, when you start about tithing, and then you get into all these people that are cheapskates and they don't want to tithe. And they'll say, uh, well, you know, that's old, old covenant. That's the old law. Tithing's the old law. No, it isn't. I don't have time to prove it. It's a Melchizedek priesthood. Uh, we'll do that another time. But what he says here, um, he says uh, in verse uh, 8 of third, Malachi 3, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have, have we robbed you? And you, he says, This is God speaking through Malachi. He says, In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and there will be food in my house, and prove me now, says the Lord. Now, I don't want to spend any more time on this, except the question always gets down, what's the storehouse? Well, a storehouse is somewhere you're going to have provision, am I right? And basically, we're talking about food. The food we're talking about is the Word of God. And I know everybody, you know, preach say, well, you've got to bring it into the house of God. Well, who is the body of Christ? Born-again believers, am I right? right? And the other thing is, who is providing a word of faith? Who's really putting a word out that you know? It's like Sandy and I. I mean, we, we deal with this, and, and we don't always send a tie to the same place. But it helped us understand something when it said, it doesn't have to be some big ministry. It needs to be somebody that's, that's got the storehouse of the Word of God flowing out of them in their ministry probably, uh, even if they're not great big. But they're, they're sowing Word of faith, Word of God into people's lives. Right. From the best storehouse there is right here. So I don't know if that agrees or don't agree or anything else, but you see, that's how I see it. It is important to tithe. It's not the old law. It's a Melchizedek. Melchizedek priesthood. I don't want to get into that right now. It takes too long. But you see, there is an importance that we find that 10% off the top and we, we pray about it and we, we, we send that into somebody that's feeding people the Word of God. Even if they're the neighbor next door with a little Bible study or their preacher over in Africa or who, you know, it doesn't matter. You pray about it, but you see, that stops it because so many, so many people say, well, you know, this is, you got to give to this or you got to give to that. No, you don't. It's spirit led, but it needs a storehouse, is the Word of God. And then you couple that up with 2 Corinthians 9 and whose heart is in their giving. And it gets lovely because all of a sudden you realize you start doing that consistently. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, in, in closing here, it says something. I just read it. God loves a cheerful giver. And I'm looking at that one day, one day, one day, looking at these words because they always begin to speak to you after a while. And I said, well, what is a giver, Lord? And he said, well, what's a, just pick a trade, what's a, what's a teacher, school teacher? Well, that's somebody that's trained up in their teaching. That's their profession. That's what they do. How'd they get to be there? Well, they got some education. They went out and they do it every day and every day and every day. He said, that's a giver. A giver isn't somebody just all of a sudden, uh, they got all, tied up and they gave somebody five bucks one day and thought they'd really done something. Well, that's great. 
But see, God wants that prompt to do it cheerful. It gets to be a habit to want to give because the next thing you know, begin to prosper. Might take you a while to shift into it, but it's talking about supernatural prosperity, which is getting into God's plan. I don't know how else to say it. It's so important for us, all of us, every one of us, to, to get into the supernatural money. Because you see, if we stay in the world system, he'll, he'll rob us blind. The God of this world will rob us blind. Because he'll, we'll he'll figure out, well, you can't live on that you're making right now, so what are you going to do right now? See? You say, well, what I'm going to do is keep blessing God, keep, keep giving. And, and you know, when, in our poorest days, Sandy and always, always found something to give. <laughs> And sometimes we had given so much ahead of time that when we hit that poor day, we just drew on our heavenly account. I never thought of it so much at that time. But we left this state in 1987 broke and owing a lot of money. I won't say how much, but it was a lot. And I know what a lot is. But we, I'd been teaching this word. I'd been believing God. We'd been tithing whenever we, had, faithfully, we'd been actually had a ministry. We were supporting a couple missionaries with more than we even believed that we were sending over there. We didn't realize most people, churches give them like 25, 50 bucks and tell them to all be careful. I mean, we didn't, we weren't into that game. We, were, we made a commitment to these people and they're friends to this day. But we'd done all that and now all of a sudden we're, we're broke. I mean, we, we'd made some other decisions with real estate and whatever, trying to, I guess, borrow away to success. You know, some people do that. But it's kind of like when he took us out to a different place, told us to possess that land. It's like we arrived there with fumes. But it was no time at all God began to open doors. And now, as I have gotten older and as many years ago, I realized he was able to draw on that heavenly account that we'd stored up in that storehouse. The giving, the planning into good things. Good things, you know, that's going to go somewhere. And, and even first fruit. One time, and God told us, I mean, we, we were needing money so bad, got into an opportunity. A first check came along, it was pretty good. Man, we could buy some groceries. God said, give it away. We planted it in some other people. Needed it. But that's, that's how you live. Did we ever starve to death? No, not yet. You can tell by looking at me, I'm not starved to death. Uh, and I'm not poor either. Why? Because I'm rich in Christ, in the Word of God. Amen? So, praise God. I just thank you for listening to this message. If you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, it would be a great time to do that and then shift into this Word of God. So, you, what I want you to do is say, say with your, your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. It says, because if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, uh, you shall be saved that Jesus is Lord. I didn't say that very good, but you know it. Make Jesus Lord of your life right now. And thank you for listening in Jesus' name. Amen.